Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's 2-1 win over Airdrie, Rhys Aldean. Rhys, how are you? I'm brilliant, thanks very much Matt. Um, yeah, looking forward to discussing um, obviously the events of Saturday. Um, feels like a, a new star is born and I can't wait to discuss it. Heather Holloway's here. Heather, how are you? I'm great, Matt. Thank you. I'm officially a year older and potentially wiser, but I'm excited to talk about another Thistle win. Always great to beat Airdrie and good to be on the podcast. Can't even imagine what 27 must be like. And rounding off our panel, back from back from my sickness bug, David Forrest. David, how are you? I'm on the mend, doing much better. I can imagine what 27 is like. I had done it many years ago. It's all downhill from here, but I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll butt the trend, Terra. Uh, we will start by apologising for, for no pod last week. We did record last Monday. David was ill. Couldn't release it. We are going to put out about 15 minutes of, of content from last week's episode just now, which we'll review our 3-0 win over Queen's Park in the Scottish Cup. So if you don't want to hear that, you could skip forward about 14-ish minutes and skip to this week's, or you can you can hang around and hear that. <laughs> Jamie, how did you find the performance as a whole um, and what did you think of Alison's impact in the game? I was very impressed performance as a whole. I thought across the pitch there was no failures. It looked pretty exciting going forward, especially Fitzpatrick down the left. He was just having a field day, I thought. So he scored twice, but just a general play as well. Made the byline a few times, just using his pace really effectively. Blair Alston, yeah, I'm glad to see. I'm not going to say a big turn around his performance yet, because obviously we've only seen him for like just under a full 90 or just over a full 90 in the last two games. But, you know, making a good impact regardless. Scored the winner against Morton. With like a back heel, scored a lovely goal on Saturday as well. So I'm glad to see him notching a couple goals and hopefully he can continue to improve because I'd been critical of him. I know quite a few people had, but I always want to see Fissel players do well. So I'm happy if he continues to improve. But the performance as a whole, I was very pleased with it. I was glad to keep a clean sheet as well, score three goals. It's a team in our own league, so very, very little to complain about about it. But I thought there was a couple standouts in there. Jam Millen looked great in his first full 90 back. Fought with Siri again, another good game. Lewis Nielsen was so composed on the ball. You can tell he's a player that's probably destined for greater things than the Scottish Championship, at least. And, you know, I think he'll be playing for Scotland one day. And then, yeah, a couple of other good performances in there. Fitzpatrick, obviously, and just a great, old, great day all around. Absolutely. I think we're so lucky to support a team where when we do play well, there's so many people that stand out and make that special. David, what do you think clicked for us on Saturday or maybe to turn that around? What did we manage to do to Queen's Park to to stop their threats going forward? 
I think for me, it was really startling how shaky and spooked Queen's Park looked. They looked honestly quite frightened at times and they were being really penned in and having to make quick snap decisions that weren't working out for them. And we heaped the pressure onto them and we just came out in the front foot and we, we pounced in chances. I thought down the wings we were absolutely fantastic as well. You know, their de- their defence was just getting absolutely battered from pillar to post. And yeah, I just thought that we had an intensity about ourselves Queen's Park couldn't handle, which is a real, really refreshing considering we've played QP eight times this year. And going back to like the sort of the early QP games at Oakview and stuff like that, where they they imprinted their game on us, and, and we really struggled with it. We imprinted our game on them. Ultimately, a lot of championship games. I know this is a cup game, but that is ultimately a championship game between two championship sides. A lot of it comes down to who can imprint their game on the other, and we did that. And I think QP are just absolutely all over the place and spooked and flustered and that's probably what what done it for us absolutely reese who stood out for you and do you want to talk about the special uh song in the 49th minute i uh, much like it's been said i just thought it was a a really good team performance all round and like we keep saying whenever thistle play well we seem to do so pretty handsomely we always kind of win like 3-0, 4-0 under Doolin. The only real exception I can think of was the, the Morton game recently. So obviously when you're winning games 3-0, your, your, your attackers are playing well, your defence is playing well, obviously your midfield's feeding the, the forwards. So you're going to have good performances all over the park. I thought, uh, like it's been said, Lewis Nielsen was, was outstanding. With series came on a game, looks like he, he can play anywhere in the team and his confidence has just grown week on week. I thought Ben Stanway was absolutely outstanding in the middle as well. Really unlucky not to open the scoring. Obviously denied twice by Cal Ferry in the Queen's Park goal. But yeah, Fitzpatrick was probably my man in the match for me. I thought he's just he's, he's levelled his game up again. So obviously we've, we're missing Tiff this season. And I think like Aidan Fitzpatrick has is, is more than covered that so far. And he's, he seems to be adding like the end product to his game as well. I think that's six direct goal involvements in his last three games, which is, is crazy numbers for a winger. And, and we all forget like how young he still is. I think he's, he's just turned 22. Um, I think he's only a few games away from 100 for Thistle. And, and if he can continue adding adding these numbers to his game, then it's only a good thing for us. And like you say, 49th minute, the, the earliest boying on record and, and long may it continue. But it's it's an awkward one because you never want to boying too early and we know all too well. And I'm glad that the boying, the boying noise wasn't around last season because I've got a feeling it might have, might have made an appearance in the Highlands. So, we're glad we missed that. I think that would have been such a trigger, wouldn't it? Um, that would definitely not not be heard or only heard in our nightmares. But I think I think you're right, Reese. I think we are so lucky to have someone like Aidan Fitzpatrick at um, our club, who is so young, so willing to be part of everything on the pitch and gives absolutely everything when he's on there he always like I always love the fact that he looks absolutely dead at the end of a game and you know that he's given absolutely every ounce of his energy towards it and um and I think sometimes when we look back 
um, when he first started, maybe like that part of his game wasn't there, like the working back. But he is just he's ever present and we are we're, we are lucky to have him. I want to highlight what Jamie said about Lewis Nielsen as well and talk about that opportunity that he nearly had. I mean, what a glorious goal that would have been when he made that like darting run forward and then the kind of and the one two of Graham. Um, I look back on the highlights and. I mean, his performance deserved a goal, and I and I do hope that him and Waz get a wee opportunity soon because they're both hungry for it, and they're obviously enjoying playing together as a team. And I think, I mean, not to not to talk about um Dingwall too quickly, but I mean, I think we sometimes talked about like would there still be the same enjoyment and um joy and free flowing football in the team than there was last season especially at the end and it is good to see that there is good spirits in the camp and um and I think we need to also highlight that Muirhead's played really well as as well recently which is um which is great I wanted to just uh, shout out Blair Olsen what a goal like an, an absolutely brilliant goal and Reese, as ever 100% on the button about Blair Alston, he just scores daft Harlem Globetrotters goals. He doesn't. He, he will not score a tap in his life. He's above it. It's you know scoring tap-ins is beneath him. Just the, the the flight on the ball going in was absolutely brilliant. Fair play to him. Absolutely fair play. Sticking it down all of our throats, all the shit we've given him. Fair play. Yeah, I hope he continues it on. I have to agree, David. Um, I was uh, sitting next to someone and I had and I think I said to them at the start, oh, I'm not his biggest fan. And and when that goal went in, the guy turned around to me and was like, are you sure about that now? And I mean, I'm happy to be happy to be proven wrong. We took two very important goals in the last few games and it just shows maybe with a little bit of confidence, a little bit of time in the team. Um, what well, what that can do. I mean, we've talked about the change in Masiri and just that confidence in him is growing. You know, he's been doing a few like step overs and things, which I mean, Masiri of a few months ago wouldn't dare to do, or if he did, it would probably lead to a goal. So um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think we have to almost eat our hat in some ways uh, for Blair Alston, but um, I want to see it happen for a longer period of time before I absolutely changed my mind. But that goal was absolutely stunning. I don't think, you know, I, you do wonder, will we see two better goals at Fair Hill this season? I mean, on Saturday, Queen's Park were really poor, to be honest. I don't think they had a shot on target until about like, the 70th minute. They didn't really threaten. They looked a bit of a mess at the back at times as well. Any time we've played them this season, I've not been overly impressed. I remember after the 2-2 game at Hamden, seeing some of their fans say on Twitter that that was one of their best performances of the season. And even then, I know we were awful that night, but I didn't think they were great either. I just think they were we were worse. But yeah, that game, the 3-1 game, I can only judge on what I've seen. I think I watched one half of a game they played against Airdrie on the Friday night. They didn't look great then either. So I'm not sure how long their managers got left. I don't know if they'll want to keep them around for a bit longer so they don't have to kind of admit that this project or whatever it is might not be working. But it's, it's hard to call. Championships are hard to call. Teams can look stranded and come back, but I don't think that they'll be pushing a title again this season. And they might be down the other end, but who knows? Could end, David can end up cropping this into some intro when we get beaten 5 0 off them later in the season and then go top of the league. I love that we are prepared for that these days. You know, we just, we, we just let it happen. Now, 
I am going to warn everyone, I am about to talk about the, the cup draw for the next while. So if you want to skip forward, David might be able to provide you with uh, some timestamps for that. So uh, we were all sitting last night watching, um, well, having to sit through watching the Rangers Aberdeen highlights, which was just no one wanted to see. And especially the penalty that Rangers got, etc. Especially, and also adding to that, the fact that it was Nick Walsh of all people, just really rubbing salt in that, in those lovely Dingwall wounds. Anyway, um, we were sitting and, you know, all these fantastic um, lower league teams were coming out of the hat. And every time I was going, oh, yeah, come on. And it wasn't happening. And then, of course, the, <laughs> the Ross County number came out and then you just knew it was happening. And... Um, and yes, so we are off to Dingwall um, on, in January, and I don't know how I, I don't know how uh, mentally many of us are going to be able to prepare for this. But um, Jamie, what were your, or what are your initial thoughts about this cut tie? I, I mean, I, don't, I can't even face looking at the the badge, let alone knowing how they're playing this season. Um, what what is what what were your thoughts? And don't worry, you can keep it brief. Yeah, I really did not want that draw. So I was watching it, Ken, like watching the teams coming out, and I was like, there's three teams still in there: Celtic Rangers and Ross County. And I was like, we're gonna get one of them. But I don't know. It's I suppose you could say it's a winnable tie, and it's just horrific. I don't want to go back up there. I was thinking when it came out, I was like, oh, I'm not. I'm not going to that game, but why why did I even say that? Of course I'm going to the game, but I'm not I'm not particularly looking forward to it and yeah, I'm definitely not ready less than a year later to have to go back up to Dingwall again and everyone have to relive that. So not exactly buzzing about it, but hopefully we just put them out of the cup and move on. Yeah, Thistle Twitter was on fire yesterday, some fantastic tweets and just some shared pain. And um, and also a little bit of, you know, someone, I think it was Cammy, uh, tweeted a video of the of the first leg and some of those goals. And I'd not I'd not seen them back for a very long time. And I still got a bit of a shudder. Reese, what were your initial thoughts about this about this cup tie? That's horrible, isn't it? It's, it's just it's not nice. And I know you mentioned, obviously, sort of the good things that happened there, like obviously Cammy posted that. That video of uh, Fitzy's goal from the first leg, and whenever I look back at like the videos for the first leg, or even Fitzy's initial goal in the second leg, like we're not talking about it, right? We're not talking about that. So, but the draw in general, aye, it's just it's not it's not nice because Ross Ross County away at the best of times, it's one that you can normally enjoy in terms of the away day. It's a good trip up, and sometimes we have a decent. I was about to say we have a decent record there, but we've picked up victories there in the past. Um, it's, it can be a, a good day if you make it one um, but Ross County have never been a nice team to play against um, for, for many years they had Derek Adams and now Derek Adams lo and behold is back so I don't know if that makes it any worse um, any better actually if, if it's going to be Malky McKay or Derek Adams but I and even if we see if we go out here and we pump them 4-0 I'll obviously be buzzing with cup progression I'll be buzzing with a big fist win but part of me will be annoyed deep down you know that way like We've went up there and, and played them off the park, but why couldn't have done that f- a few months ago? That's just the way I think. It's probably not the right way to think, but part of me would be annoyed deep down if we go up there and, and win. 
Um, see if it see if it goes all the way to penalties again, then I, I generally cannot take that. That would be the worst nightmare. I do think I'd potentially walk out at that point. I think let let's just not let that be the case at all. I did jokingly say to Kirsten last night, um, should we wear we've got banzo scarves from his uh, testimonial game, and I was like, should we wear our banzo scarves in memory of that miss? But anyway, I don't. I think this is maybe just too triggering for a lot of people. David, I'm going to ask you a question from um, the host of our show, um, usually who um, has sent the question. How many days are you booking off work after doing well in case of jail time or PTSD, i.e. partic thistle stress disorder? Well, I mean, it's one of those things, Sandra, I missed um, the playoff final. I wasn't at Dingwall because um, I was I was on my sickbed. So it will be nice to go up to Dingwall after all these years. Um, it's one of those, no, I, I wouldn't take time off work to go goddamn thing well absolutely not um no um but i will say the thing the thing for me about this it is incredibly liberating because no matter if we go out there and lose 9-0 it's not even in like the top two bed shittings we've had in Dingwall. like there, there's there's this this could be this there's with with it's a free hit it, it can't be any worse there's no scoreline that could be worse than what happens in June. So you know what? It's fine. Go to, go to Wimpy. Um, I mean, I absolutely do not want Ross County. Like, they can go piss off. But you you know what? Like, it's it was so funny in the pub when we were all there after the, the comedy night yesterday and they put the draw on the TV and the collective noise everyone made in Ross County, just a scream of no. And then oh, around the whole pub as we got them were, will live with me. Um, yeah, it's it, it is what it is, and we'll win two 0 And as we said, we'll all be raging. We didn't do it in June, and do you know what? It's fine. We'll we'll live. Every time you've made that f- sound, I keep on thinking you're going to say it's funny. But I'm really glad. I'm really glad and proud of you that you didn't, um, because I don't think any of us could deal with that. Reese, Jamie, either. There was no laughing matter, Heather. It's no laughing matter. We don't we don't laugh about those sort of things. We're entirely serious. Absolutely, we're a serious podcast here, David. Um, Reese, you. start our look at Saturday's game as we always do with a look at the the team there was no Brian Graham who was suspended there was no Tommy Adloy who was we presume injured so Rico Diak came in for his first start and Harry Milne was also back on the bench David when you saw the team sheet on on Saturday were you quite happy with it what did you think of the the Rico Diak one was the the big call up front what did you make of that it, it was it was interesting because we'd uh, in the group chat, I think the day before, I I'd been I'd been asked by only the Lonely podcast about Adoy being out, and none of us knew anything about it. And then it kind of rumbled out that yeah, I, maybe actually was out. I'm not going to lie, Rico Diak, when he was announced, you you do you do worry a little bit just because he's so young and his first start. It's a lot of pressure to heap on someone like that. 
But the rest of the team I was quite happy with. It was just a case of, you know, grabbing the mantle for Rico. And it was it was really a case of seeing whether he would do that. And thankfully he did. I don't think he could have had a better start <laughs> to his first full start than, than that. Reese, do you think previous managers would have chucked Rico Diak in? We've seen him a couple of times come off the bench sort of sparingly. But do you think... I think Ian McCall, Gary Caldwell, Alan Archibald. How do you think they would have approached the situation with with no senior striker? Do you think they would have shoehorned a, a more experienced player up there? Or do, you, do you think this is the, the crystalline effect that we're seeing with guys like Diak? We've seen it with Stanway and McKenzie get, get plenty of game time this season. Do you think this is the, the sort of crystalline effect we're seeing? Yeah, I do think uh, Dylan seems to have a lot of trust in the, the young players and and if you do look back to sort of years gone by and if McCall would still been here, part of me was even thinking, obviously, as David mentioned, we kind of started getting rumblings of it the night before. And we thought, obviously, DX are only sort of striker that we have on the books when, when we heard about the injuries and suspensions. So part of me thought, oh, I think Doolan might just play a false nine. He might start McEnroy and Alston um, and just sort of shoehorn players in. In the same way, he's obviously went about the whole week playing with a striker. He's done shape with the team, with a striker in the team. So, I, f- fair play to Dylan for, for, you know, sort of trusting and believing in Diak. And, and thankfully, it played off. I don't think it could have gone much better. Um, I, I absolutely brilliant, brilliant call. And, and I, I meant going into the game, obviously, when we had Diak was, he did get the nod in the starting 11. And it gives you a wee bit of excitement because there's no pressure on him. And ultimately, you just hope that I hope that he's good and even better than that I hope that he gets a goal because the the possibilities are endless if he does go and score and thankfully it only took him seven minutes and we were all buzzing after it and I, a brilliant day, uh, first start so I'm very happy for Diak and, and good on Dylan for giving him the nod Heather, can you remember many better debuts for that or, or first starts than that especially for, for young players how does that rank in terms of uh, statement first starts for, for youngsters for you? Yeah, I would say for youngsters, it's a, I think that's really hard to beat. You know, you think about people like Scott McDonald who started and just, you know, became an instant hero. But for, um, you know, a striker, a boy who has really struggled to get in or any sort of game time because naturally you've got Brian Graham. At one point we had Anton Dowds and then we've got Tommy Adeloy and, um, and what a dream come true for him. I think it's so impressive and when we think about it, like people like Fitzy and even Ben Stanway, etc., like they got cut runs or, you know, but, or maybe just cut came on at the end of games when we were maybe comfortable or when, for example, or if McCall didn't have anything else to do and just bring on a young boy. But I actually really can't think about when the last time a young person came on like that with, with a start and had such a immediate impact. And you could just see how much he was enjoying it as well. And the, the absolute delight and shock in his face was stunning. You know, he just and you just saw how much he really appreciated every moment. And I think he was absolutely gutted when his legs just decided to kind of run out by the end. But what do you expect when, um, you know, you're, you go from playing not you know not a, no first team football to suddenly you you're you're the talisman you're the one that people are aiming for and I thought his hold up play was brilliant and actually off the ball like some of his touches his runs it wasn't just the fact that he got that goal I think he had quite a complete performance and you know Brian Graham is absolutely fantastic and um, there's no way that you know we'd be in the position we are without him but it's absolutely wonderful to see 
what we've got um, for the future. And it's really, really exciting. I think for me, you mentioned it there, Heather, the thing that impressed me the most was this, this sort of hold-up play and all-round play outside of the box. I think if you come into to a side who does play attacking football as a striker, you you could score a goal. You know, I don't think that's like the, the most impressive thing. Obviously, it's taken his goal very well. But for me, if you came into that game blind, you wouldn't have known he was an 18-year-old making his first start. I thought it was a very mature performance for for the sort of 65, 70 minutes they did last. He, he held the ball in really well. And I think I think it was you again, Heather, who, who spoke a couple of weeks ago about Brian Graham and were trying to mould Rico Diak into a Brian Graham type. And I think you could you could see that with the sort of play, back, his back-to-goal play, his, his first touch, laying it off for teammates. I thought he was brilliant in that regard. And he, he deserved his goal for, for his all-round play. Reese, do you want to come back in? Yeah, I just want to sort of continue what you guys were saying there. I 100% agree. I like... That was the most impressive part of his game. Like I remember maybe just a, a minute or two into the game, he won like a, fl- a flick on and, and brought the ball down. And he just sort of paused for a second. Like Normally you're expecting a, a young striker maybe just to be a wee bit rash and just get the ball off, keep it moving. But he just he held the ball up for a second and sprays it out to Fitz. He just floats the ball over. Just Some of the passing, like you say, his touches, his hold-up play, it was that of an experienced player, never mind a guy making his first, his first start. I can almost guarantee that probably 99% of the Airdrie support had never heard of the name Rico Diak. The squad probably didn't know who Rico Diak was, so they probably found out, brilliant, there's no Brian Graham, there's no Adeloy. We're playing up against a, a wee 18-year-old, and then the team comes out, and the wee 18-year-old, six foot three, probably about 15 stone, he's absolutely massive, and, and he used that frame to to sort of his advantage. And I, and, and like we've, we've got these young players on our team. We've got Xander McKenzie, we've got Ben Stanway, Fitzpatrick still a young player, but there's just something so exciting when it's a striker because, you know, they, these guys can be the sort of the be-all and end-all of your club. They're the guys that can go and get you the goals every week and long may it continue. It's going to be hard for them to, to sort of hold down a place in the team, like, as we already know, Brian Graham's there and we've already mentioned the other guys. So, you, you never know if he can maybe get an appearance off the bench here and there up until January and, and keep himself in the team, then brilliant. We can only benefit from that. And, and if not, and there's, as I said, there's no pressure. He's just turned 18. He could probably do with a loan spell in League One, League Two, and he'll get goals there as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited just with the, the whole prospect to record that. And it was a, an amazing first start. I'll come back just straight away on, a, on that point, Reese, about a potential loan move from. Do you think that is best from? Because I think that's the sort of traditional thing to do with young players. You loan them out and get them experience. But with the way this season's going and you look at guys like Stanway, McKenzie, lying to a lesser extent, but certainly in the earlier part of the season, do you think a loan would be good for him? Or do you think hanging around the squad with Chris Doolan, learning off Brian Graham every day in training is the best thing for him? I said a couple of weeks ago, this was obviously prior to him getting that start and getting his goal. Like, we could probably look at bringing in a, another third-choice striker and maybe getting Diak alone to, to a League Two club because he has got the physicality. I know a lot of the younger guys, they come through and they, they maybe don't look ready for a League Two move, but I think he's he's more than ready for that. You know what I mean? You, you get your first start and you get a, your first goal within seven minutes and he could certainly have had another one. He, he probably should have had another one um, if Fitz had maybe taken a, a little tiny bit off the cross. Um, I, I remember driving to the game and um, I'm not sure if I said it to you guys or in a different chat, but Obviously, my United's my English team. And I remember saying, look, Marcus Rashford was like a, a bench warmer for my United 23s. Anthony Martial pulled up in a warm-up for a, a Europa League game and Rashford just took his chance and never looked back. So, and that can happen with players. Like 
who knows, Diak might end up keeping his place in the team. Because realistically, none of us really know if Brian Graham's going to be back on Friday night. Hopefully he is. But we don't know what the suspension situation is. Diak might end up keeping his, his place. Um, and he could go on and score again. And, and it just it sort of snowfall, snowballs from there. So I ultimately, he's definitely ready for a loan move. But if he's going to hang around with the team, then then brilliant. So be it. you can see the influence that Brian Graham's having on him, that the coach Chris Doolan's having on him. I mean, his dad was a journeyman striker as well. You see that from the goal that he scored. I remember watching him. He was standing on the goalkeeper. And as an 18-year-old, he's peeled off the goalie, peeled off his man to the back post. And it's just it's top-class like striker movement. And it was just a, a natural goal. So I, I'm, I'm really, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm excited with, with, with where, we, where we can go with Rico Dirk. Well, look at the, the rest of the performance on, on Saturday then. Heather, what did you make of the, the team's performance as a whole? Did you think we, we were good for the three points? I think our first half performance definitely warranted a win. We were playing with um, you know, a great flow. There was great creativity. I had a lot of my friends there who've never been to a football game before and they were absolutely loving it in the first half. And then... They were like, I understand now like why you like get so stressed during these games in the second half, because it really was a, a, a massive change. But you can't not enjoy the link up play between Jack McMillan and Stevie Lawless. It was um, it was brilliant. I thought Lawless was a tiny bit off it on Saturday. A few rogue passes here and there. But when you are so dependable so often and often the creative spark of a team you kind of almost understand um when maybe you have a little bit of an off day i also think that Ian fitzpatrick right now is unplayable just hoping that no one else is listening to this podcast at this point um just the way that he takes on defenders runs moves we're so lucky to have him and you just have that feeling of pride i think i talked about it last week about just you know he's he's, he's come from he's come from us and um and he's just he's unplayable and uh, teams are so scared to be up against him and the way that he can cut in and take three players out is so impressive but yeah I think I think for the first half we definitely deserved it but that second half was really ropey and really shaky at certain points and I know I think my friend said to me um I think this would this would have been harder if Airdrie were good um and Kat has famously been at three football games in her life all of them thistle games and that was actually I think that was her first win so um that quite quite a entertaining thought process but I, I enjoyed the um the I mean three three thistle games in her life and she already hates surgery but um I did think that uh you know like after their after their first goal I thought oh wow this could be a a 3-2 steal for them but I am glad you know Jamie Snyder was looked always in control and with Siri was um again um, just strolling the game at some points and a, a, a few a few rogue touches here and there but um yeah I think I think we are glad to get that win I think we deserved it overall over the 90 but I I think they were absolutely raging of that chance they had in the last minute and I think we were all breathing a huge sigh of relief because I, you you could see that I mean 99% of other games that goes 2-2 and it's a horrible, horrible end, and we were very lucky. And I almost, and I, you do wish that we'd maybe, um, you know, got a few more goals in the first half. Um, I mean, that's a classic thistle, isn't it? I think it's just that score more goals than the opposition right now. That that was a bad miss for Adrian. I think it was Todorov who they brought on quite late on. Who missed that? Yeah, that that was a bit of a let off. Um, Reese, who were the standout performers for you other than other than Rico Diak? 
Fitzpatrick is just unplayable, as, as Heather said. I think he's probably in the form of his life. You know, the, the playoffs was was very sort of rose to prominence again in his second spell, but I think right now he's he's probably playing better than that. I think it's like eight direct goal involvements in four games now. Like technically, well, another two assists at the weekend. I don't know if he'll get credited with a the a second one for an OG, but it's him that created that goal. So he he's been phenomenal lately. Um and everything that we're doing at the minute is coming through him down that that left hand side. He's so dangerous and on both feet and he puts his all into the games. I actually met him on on Saturday night after the game and he was saying how knackered he was like he was he runs himself into the ground and and go back a year ago and players were telling you that fans were telling us that Fitzpatrick's lazy doesn't try doesn't care you can see even the performances he puts in like he actually gave a silly foul away then just because he was chasing that boy down he was that knackered that he just basically fell into the boy and you know I don't mind that it's silly it was a silly foul but it's just from sheer effort that he's putting in um and like I say, in terms of the 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 whole game, I we were kind of lucky at the end there with that one. It was a big let off, but at the same time, I thought Ben Stanway was excellent and he'd done excellent to win the ball back at a point, and he broke away, and it was it was basically a two v one. Fitzy was there for a tapping, and uh, Ben Stanway went himself, which fair enough. You made the the chance out of absolutely nothing. You ran like sixty yards with the ball, but if he squares that, it's three one. And those are the moments that can come back to bite you if, if we ended up drawing to each on the day. But thankfully, that, that wasn't to be the case. And a very important three points. I, I know we always kind of say it, like, with this whole win under Doolin, we win pretty handsomely. Um, but that was that was as, as heavy as it gets at the weekend. And I'm actually glad it was like that because as soon as it went to one, part of me was just, I would kind of accepted fate that we were going to draw, draw to each um, so I was really pleased with the fact that we held on um, it just it shows a different side to our game um, and we need to start picking up wins like that we're sort of our backs are to the wall and there was a point when Xander McKenzie came on as well and, and Harry Mill came on we're playing like a, a back line like six at the back Fitzpatrick was playing through the middle and stuff and these tweaks obviously it's, it invites pressure on but We've stood that pressure and ultimately we get the three points for it. So, now nah, very happy. It was a good day at the office. It's it's gave us a bit of breathing space for the teams behind us. And I know there's there's games in hand, but we're six points off top. That's 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 a, a very good. It reads very well when you know points on the board are better than games in hand at the end of the day. Yeah, for for me, I think obviously Rico Diak was the standout. Fitzpatrick as well. I think especially in the first half, Fitzpatrick watching Fitzpatrick take on the right back was like watching a game of FIFA with the, the sliders adjusted for pace because every time he got the ball, he, he wasn't really beating him f- with, with trickery or anything. It was just sheer pace. As soon as he got the ball, he could see what he was going to do. I agree with you, Reece. I think he's, he's in the form of his, his career, which is great to see. I think Alan McMillan's asked a question. I think Fitzpatrick's going to feature on that a little bit later on. I want to shout out Lewis Nielsen as well. I thought his distribution, especially in the first half, I thought first half we were excellent. We, we didn't maybe create as much as we, we should have, but I thought when we had the ball, we were very calm with it, especially at the back. I thought Nielsen's distribution was good. And I think the distribution from centre-back this season has been maybe an area we've struggled. And I'd say that's more, more on Muirhead than Nielsen, t- to be fair. But I thought Nielsen's distribution, he played one cross-field ball to McMillan in the first half about 25 minutes in, and it, that ended up in a good chance. And if that ended up in a goal, that would have been one of the goals of the season. It was an, it was a tremendous 60, 70-yard pass. So seek that out on Jags on if you can. I want to shout out uh, Jamie Snedden as well, actually. I think he's sort of come back into the side in the last few months and, and sort of quite quietly. 
regained the, the number one jersey. And for me, the last 20 minutes on, on Saturday is why he should be the number one. I thought is the command of his box. He came out, I think, two or three times and, and caught caught the ball really well, like not right under his bar, like a good seven, eight yards off his line. And I think that that can sometimes be the difference when you're when you're hanging on, especially when you do, as you as you said, Reese, invite that pressure on with a sort of back five, back six, whatever it was, and a and a low block. If your goalkeeper comes out and takes crosses, that can can make a huge difference. David, a, a final word on the game from you? Yeah, I thought it was it, it was a great testament to sort of all the good things that this team are doing that we held on to the lead because I think every Thistle fan in that ground was very much on the edge of their seat when we were when they scored to, to make it 2-1 and were absolutely peppering us. I thought we were absolutely impeccable in the first half. I, just so good. Getting everything so right. Especially in like complete contrast to last time we played Airdrie where we got very little right. And the second half, Airdrie turned a screw and you know they, they got into the game a wee bit more. But I I actually thought it was one of the better games from a sort of quality standpoint that I've seen. Like it was, it was a far cry from the sort of Morton Hammer throwers of the world. So it was a fun game to watch. And Fitzpatrick is. I I hope he's not in the form of his life. I hope he just keeps getting better. And I hope that we we get even more out of him. But he's just on fire so much at the moment. And yeah, absolutely loved it. And just a great result. And Nothing better than getting it up Airtree, who got locked in. I think they got locked in for like half an hour. See, you see an Airtree fan who tweeted that they were like still in like Farhill at like 20 past five because they weren't allowed out because all the Waynes are going to throw snowballs at them. You know, highly encouraged behaviour, very funny. You know, get it up, use and um, a great game. Well, that, that would only have been about 25 minutes late, David, because the referee played on club at 5-5 to five on, on Saturday. I, I know uh, we all we all hate Airdrie. It's great to, to stick it up them. I do think they are a, a handy team, though. I thought they were very good in the, the reverse back in back in August, and they were good in the second half. They, they'll feel aggrieved that they didn't come away with a point. I don't know if anybody agrees, but I think if the, the sort of top three stays as it is, maybe like internal swaps within the three. I think Airdrie are probably my favourites to get the fourth the fourth place and sort of round off the playoffs. I don't know if anyone agrees. It very much feels a lot like a lot of the stuff we did in the Premiership where we played really good football but ultimately we'd lose 2-1 and stuff like that where I think they are, they are, they are a decent football inside and there's a lot to like about them on the pitch but I don't know, I feel that there are it's, this is the championship, this is a toilet bowl, this is where all the absolute dross is. They might be too good on the ball, I feel, and I think they'll, they'll maybe come fifth or sixth, but the, yeah, uh, no, I agree. I think they're, they're probably the, the best side to watch as a purely neutral outside of maybe us, and I think the games against them are probably more aesthetically pleasing than they are against Morton and Air and stuff like that. Rhys, do you want to come in? Yes. Not often I would like to praise Erdry, but I, as you say, a very good team. I think Reese McCabe's done a, a terrific job with him, and I actually would say that they're, they're a team that are playing better than some of their parts. You know, you look at their, their squads, like, as individuals, I mean, Craig Watson, the, the goal scorer the other day, like, played at East Five for years. Obviously, Callum Fordyce has been about the leagues. Um, 
Frizzle as well, who, who they've had when they were dropping down to like League One and whatnot. So they kept a nucleus of the squad and they, they actually played really good, attractive football. And I was really impressed with the boy uh, Liam McStravick, the wee Northern Irish winger. The wee tiny, tiny, tiny player. But I thought he was brilliant at the weekend and I'd happily have him on our team. He was so dangerous and he was he was skipping by a few of our players for fun. Um, so I, as you say, if, if they can bring in a few additions in January and they can sort of continue to mould him in the way that he's doing, then uh, it's, they could be a, a danger to the playoffs. Yeah, Airdrie have got some at home in the in the cup, and I would I would quite fancy them in that. Heather, do you want to come in? Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I think that if you look over the um the results that they've had, the way that they fight for everything, they're a really tough team to play against, and they've made themselves they've set themselves up well. And um and I think as as we said, it's hard to compliment them, but they're they're an entertaining team and I think they've got quite a lot about them. They've got quite a lot of um great things going forward. But I th- I thought that um Aaron Sinclair was very impressive for them at the back. And a lot more of the teams around us have got the um ability to uh lose more goals. They seem to be quite good at either fighting back, clawing for wins. Or just making it really, really tough. And I think they um, have got a really good chance of being that team in the playoff. And I know a few of their fans are, you know, really, really praising this team. I think very, in some ways, quite not shocked, but happily surprised at the fact that they've not just come to the championship to make up the numbers. And, you know, arguably have been doing better than the teams that were above them last year. Yeah, we've just actually just recorded an episode with Sean McGuigan who was talking about Ian Murray and maybe if if Wraith don't get promoted, he will end up in the in the Premier League next season managing an, another club. I think it could be similar for for Reece McCabe. I think if Airdrie don't go up, which if they do, it looks like it would via the playoffs. Um, I think Reece McCabe will be will be in the Premier League sooner than later or or down south. A couple of listener questions before we move on. Um, Ali McMillan has asked. What players of ours do we think are the most in demand and do we have a, a sort of good enough succession plan in case we do have to, to sell any of these players or let any of these players go? Um, Heather, I'll come to you on that one. I, I, I imagine Aidan Fitzpatrick might come up here, but uh, are there any others? Obviously, yeah, I think Aidan Fitzpatrick is um, he's getting a lot of the, the praise and the headlines in the mo- at the moment and deservedly so. I think the club have been really, really clever with the fact that they have got him on quite a long-term loan, or sorry, long-term deal, sorry. I do think, I mean, I think Reese did speak about this on our podcast last week, but maybe it won't, it won't make it. And what a great podcast it was, I must say. But um, I do think that he went down to England quite early and I think that he would be a little bit, he would maybe see a move differently this time and maybe wouldn't rush to the first thing. And, uh, and I'm going to see what we said again about the fact that I think if he was to go, I'd really want him to go to England because I think firstly, he deserves it as a person and I think he could really grow there. But also you just don't want to see him, you know, or for example, if we go up this season, hopefully, then I don't really want to be playing him. I you know it'd just be horrible to have, you know, Kyle Turner, Tiff, Ian Fitzpatrick potentially Doherty and Holt like all up against you you know that's just that's just that's just horrible scenes but no I think I think Fitzy's there and um and I'm not quite sure if we've got like a like someone who could naturally come and take like his his place as he took the place of Scott Tiffany and arguably has made more of an impact and more of a lasting 
um, contribution to the overall team. Tiff was absolutely incredible for, you know, a wonder goal or a wonder move. But the way that Ian Fitzpatrick fights back with the team and his defensive play just, I think, puts him a cut above now. I guess, like, I, I don't know about anyone. I mean, I, I worry that Nielsen, Hearts, even though are, I'm sure they are third and, you know, actually had gone on a quite a nice wee run recently. I know that their fans haven't been too happy about how things are going and you do wonder if Nielsen goes, do we have do we have someone else who can go in there? Is Waz up to the task of of going back into into the centre of defence? And I think a lot of people have been talking about and this maybe isn't for the like doesn't directly answer Alan's question, but you do think in time at some point there's gonna be a nice wee offer for Ben Stanway because he is creating quite the CV he is he's doing so well he's standing up against these teams and really making a name for himself and um it's pretty impressive don't know if that did answer the question but yeah I think we should be nervous about Aiden but I guess the the club will do well if if he gets a good offer he certainly will I think key to that is the the long-term deals that Fitzpatrick and, and Stanway have signed with Stevie Lawless who has also signed a two-year deal uh, this week Reese, I know you're a big fan of the, the contract extension business. Is there anyone in the squad at the moment you think we should be looking to tie down? Uh, you, you know exactly. I think I'm I'm desperate for us to get a a contract in front of Jackie Millen, and I'm sure we, we probably have already. Um, and it, it actually worries me that he's not been tied up yet because I think that he's terrific for us. He was obviously a player of the year last year, and I think that Obviously, a lot of teams haven't seen him play in the playoffs and how dangerous it was. I think he scored like five goals in that playoff run. Um, not to not to mention the countless assists. I think he finished the season with something like 14 assists. Absolutely wild numbers for a right back. So I and, he, and he's carried that on. Obviously, he was out with an injury for a lot of the beginning of the season. He's come back now and he's sort of picked up where he's left off. He's been brilliant and uh, he's someone I'd really like to see us tie down. Obviously, you've got Harry Milne on the other side who's, who's coming back from injury as well. We've already got him on an extended contract, so that was a great bit of business in the summer. And like like Heather said, um, I, if, if Fitzy was to leave, I want him to go back to England. You know, he went down last time with the, the premise of playing 23s. He's more than capable of playing uh, playing in England now, wherever he goes, men's football. Um same with Stanway. I think Stanway's ready for. I actually think Stanway's more than capable of playing, um, you know, at youth football for at international level, whether that be under 19 still. I know he's kind of on the boundary, or or even 21s. There's guys that play in, in Scotland 21s that play for Rangers and Celtic B, and and Stanway's playing at a better level than that. So why not chuck him in there? You know, we've seen Xander McKenzie play for the the youth side. So um, Ben Stanway is, is more than capable and, and probably deserving um, how good he's been. So. Yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of assets at the club at the moment, and and like Dylan says, you need to tie these assets down, and, and hopefully we see maybe a couple more extensions in the, in the not too distant future. But the players have got to earn them, um, and I, and I think that you know McMillan a couple more performances, and I think we'll probably have a, another discussion with him. Stanway actually looks like he's he's built up quite a bit recently as well. I think that's a good call for maybe an international call up. I think that would be really well deserved, and I think as I said earlier, Dylan has handled him really well this season. Um, David, I'll come to you on this other listener question. Rory Carrigan has asked, where do we need to strengthen in January? Now, I, I like asking this when we're on a good run because normally you ask it when you're, you're, we're on the back of a couple of defeats and we go, oh, centre-back, another striker, winger. But, you know, we're on a good run. We're looking we're looking okay. So this is a, this is a good question. Where do we need to strengthen next month? I think you're right and that it is an interesting quadrant because you really need to think about it because 
as you say, usually it'll go to centre-back, you know, another defensive midfielder, tighten up that spine of the team, and you know, it's usually all that sort of nonsense. But when you look at it, I mean, we I think, you know, chalk this off your draw list or draw a bingo card, but we've got some good squad depth at the moment. I think we said this in literally every season since we have started um, this podcast. But we we have a, a probably a set eleven, and they, but then we get people who are challenging for it. Um, I think you would probably look at someone to cover for Ingwenya because he's probably going to go back January because he's injured and I don't think we'll see him play again. Um, same with McGinley. I think it's more ca- a case of covering the loan signings that we're that are going to be going back. Um, I don't think there's too much remodeling needed um, because I think that the, the good thing is is that we do have younger players like Dia, Can, Stanway and McKenzie who are willing to step up into roles and get games that we can kind of rely on a little so I think it's more covering the loan signings for me would be where I'd be looking and to be honest it's mainly a bit tying down contracts I think we need to kind of keep a lot of the team that we have because we've seen the effects of whole Doherty and Turner leaving last season and Tiffany. Um, although arguably I'd say Tiffany's probably the, the fourth player that I miss out of that, but because of Fitzpatrick he's absolutely taking the mantle, but it shows that there's people there, but I'd be looking at sort of tying down contracts as well. I, I definitely think McMillan contract priority. I think as well David, as you've mentioned, if uh, McGinley and, and Gwenya do return, I think we do need cover at centre-back. You've mentioned the squad depth and I think we are covered in, in most positions, but I think Williams in, in recent weeks if his place in the squad is going to be sort of filling in at fullback, I would be very concerned if, if Nielsen was recalled or there was an injury to, to Muirhead or Nielsen if, if Williams had to play at centre-back for a long period of time. I'm still not convinced with him there but I think he is, he's much freer at fullback, and I'd be happy for him to to compete, compete for those places. So even if Nielsen does stay for the, the full season, I think we, we need one more in that slot. We still come to you on that one. Any any more positions you'd like us to target? Just thinking now when I was I was hearing that, how weird is it when you hear with Siri being called Williams? It just, it just throws you <laughs> off a wee bit. Um, but uh, it's kind of like a, a new signing, but a contract extension as well. I don't know if you guys have any opinion on this, but obviously... It's coming up to that point in the season where you can start uh, going into discussions with players if they've got six months left on their contract. You know, Ian McCall was a very good threat. He used to sort of raid, raid the market for pre-contract agreements. And it's always good to keep an eye on that. And I'd, I'd actually quite like us to to try and get a, a pre-contract in front of Kerr McEnroy. I think he's been brilliant for us. I think he's probably been one of our best players this season. He's got six months left on his deal with Kelly. And I'd, I'd pretty like him to be here next season. And, you know, he's still 22, 23. I think he's got a, a brilliant career ahead of him still and I'd like him to, to be an asset at our club. So if we can hold on to him, I'd be delighted with that. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a really good call. Uh, I, I think everyone would be delighted, I think, if we if we tied McEnroe down to a permanent deal. Um, Heather, any thoughts on, on January strengthening? I agree with the, with the with, with the panel, but it's quite, actually quite a tough one to look at. But yeah, I think I said, um, and you agreed with me, Matt, um, Matt that we... That if Nielsen was to be recalled, that the the center the center back position is probably where where I'd um I'd want because um as much as the series come in and done well and um and he definitely I mean the confidence in him is has definitely upped his performance level and just his 
his ability to relax on the pitch but I do think that that'd be very tricky for him to come in and just the way that Nielsen plays the ball and heads it away but also you know some of the passes that he strings together um, are top class and I just don't think Viserys got that in his locker and I think we need a bit of pace in there. I, I don't really know where else because Stanway obviously has come in and done a, a really good shift and you do you, you talk about the fact that we maybe have we've missed the we, we missed the grit of Scott Tiffany that ball absolute ball winning midfielder but I then don't know who who goes out of that team because you I don't think you can drop Ben Samway but then can a Thistle team go on without a straight ban again at the moment I don't know I think it'll be a, a very interesting month regardless so fingers crossed for some extensions and maybe one or two in the door as well we will finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle and we will stick on the, the theme of quizzes and I'm going to ask you all, I hope you're all attending Monday night, David, I certainly hope you are. Um, what is your go-to or your favourite pub quiz team name? David, I'll start with you this week. What is your what is your sort of go-to or favourite one? Um, so me and my friends used to have our... We've got two names here, so we used to call ourselves Junkie Ticket because the first ever time we'd done a pub quiz, the Junkie gave my wife a bus ticket. So Junkie Ticket for several years. Um, I also once done a wrestling quiz. This is a pun that, that Matt, you, you won't get. Absolutely no idea about, but it is very good. I once done a wrestling pub quiz and our team name was Takamichi No Clue and several people congratulated me on a fantastic pub quiz name. I'll never beat it. So yeah, Takamichi No Clue. I'm not going to try and repeat that, but Reese, can you top it? Unfortunately not. This is the part of the show where I historically struggle, um, like Fissel at Starks Park, and it's, it might stay that way. Um, but I remember the last quiz, it was some some rotten part about Wasiri. Um, this time, I don't know, I, I quite enjoyed ones last time. It wasn't my team. I'm not trying to take any credit for this, but daft stuff like Quiz Doolin, Quiz Erskine, absolute cheap comedy, but the right answer that's what you've got to go for and I'll be trying to think of one of them ahead of the quiz I think my favourite one last time was Jackie Lowe is redacted for legal reasons uh, I, I quite enjoyed that one uh, Heather any good team names from you what can we expect on Monday night from your team well, I can't speak for my team on Monday because um, my dad will very much be the captain of that and he will be in charge of the name. But um, as we know, Alan uh, loves loves a pun. So I'm sure there'll be no shortage. But when I was at uni, uh, my flatmates uh, were in a in a team. We went to the doghouse every, every Monday. And I didn't, I was like a kind of, like a... I was a sub appearance like I would just but like a super sub I would get call, I would often be because I was on placement so I, I wasn't always there but they would sometimes like call me down if it was like a quiz around that they thought that I'd be good at so for example like it was like kind of one run by university so there was like there was a Zach F on round and I remember being in bed and they were like calm down I was like in my pajamas they were like no like but we need you and then there was like a random um there was and you had to like know when Zach Efron's birthday was which i still do so that's fine and then there was like a, a, a Calvin Harris round which I had to come down for in Boston and a Mary Poppins round as well like just some well trivia which Matt, I'm just plugging all these things as things that I'm actually quite good at knowing uh, but our team name was universally challenged I mean not that original but uh, but always gets a laugh on, on the not that original, I think we had a, a period at our pub quiz where for like two or three years we just called ourselves Quislamic State. 
sadly those lads like no longer relevant enough for that to be a decent <laughs> team name. But you know, they might make a comeback one day. <laughs> I think that's probably a good place to leave it. We will be back to look back on our trip to Kirkcaldy to to have a probably have a little review on some some funny answers for the quiz and to preview our trip to Dunfermline next weekend. Thank you for listening this week and in the meantime, stay safe.